The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening and welcome to Very Loose Women. On tonight's show, we are going to be talking about different ways of depicting herpes. I'm Leo and in the studio tonight is Very Loose Women, Emma. Hi, Emma. Hi there. And our special guest of the week, Helena Maratheftis. Hi, Helena. Hello. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, We'll also be hearing from herpes expert and biomedical Dr. Leah Fitzsimmons from the University of Birmingham and also Emma's mum, Esther. So I'm really excited about that. Yay. (laughs) To introduce us to the topic, here's a little bit of French 80s icon Lizzie mercier Clou with her song Herpes Simplex. Herpes Simplex is number one. Herpes simplex virus number two. This is. But it doesn't get ya. But it doesn't get ya. Drag, drag, drag. Beta. So that was uh, Lizzie Mercier de Clou, Happy Think Packs. But before we get into tonight's topic, let's have a mini celebration of the fortnight because with the constant crisis that is in the news at the moment, we need a little light relief. So Emma, mini celebration of the week. So I've developed a new and actually my first drag persona. Um, it was my friend Chris's birthday party, uh, the day of Pride. And I didn't realize, but he got very, he's got very into RuPaul, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race, the mm-hmm. drag show. And so his party was like drag themed. Um, it was really exciting for me because I arrived and all the boys wanted their makeup done. And I just got like free reign on all the guys' faces to put like loads of glitter. And actually it was really nice because they all like loved it. And like could obviously see themselves transformed in the mirror, having never worn makeup before, I think, most of them. So that was nice. But anyway, back to me. Um, <laughs> I found this like blue wig in the house. And I just had like loads of blue makeup and like glitter all over my face and green lipstick, which I found in the house as well. And so I had like developed this new persona, which was Sea Hag. And I just had people addressing me as Sea Hag throughout the night. And I think that that is who I am at my core, a Sea Hag. That's a beautiful story. Thank you. I, yeah, it warmed the cockles of my heart. <laughs> cockles, nice. Well done. Um, <laughs> Helena, do you have a mini celebration? I absolutely do. Mine is actually semi Brexit adjacent in a kind of be handed lemons and make lemonade uh, style. Uh, I am a European immigrant, buzz buzzword there. Um, and my boyfriend came home on the day after because I was very grumpy with my new discovery of iced buns, which I find very delicious and exotic. And on them, he had iced the names of the European countries I come from with love hearts. What's not to celebrate? That that's a nice so silver sweet. lining. What would you? No, I won't ask that. What would you rather? Okay. <laughs> what were you going to say? Buns or, or, or no Europe. Brexit? <laughs> it's a tough choice. Depends I, how many buns. I, I I do have my priorities roughly straight. <laughs> Mine is actually. It comes from a bad place, which is that I've got a bit of a woodlouse infection in my house at the moment. But I have been covering a lot of holes with polyfiller, which is my new favourite hobby. So it used to be sewing sewing up holes in my pants and pyjamas because I have a lot of holes in them. And now it's just filling up holes in my house with polyfiller. Well, you know the plaster from a tube. Just it's a very relieving activity. I have to say, three very different celebrations <laughs> yes. this week, which uh, I've enjoyed. Now onto the main topic of the evening, which is depicting, showing, talking about herpes. As a bit of an intro, I'm going to play some extracts from an interview with Leah Fitzsimmons, the biomedical researcher I mentioned earlier. I actually met her at the Sheffield Dock Fest, which was an unusual place maybe to meet 
a researcher, but she had had funding from the Wellcome Trust to go. And I spent a great evening with her at a voguing party after this screening. And she told me in depth about the herpes virus and its discovery and its methods of hiding from antibodies in the body. All of this while there was really loud music playing, some exceptional dancing going on. So the bits I heard were fascinating. I didn't obviously hear all of it, but she agreed to be interviewed the next day. And here's just a quick edit of this of a 44 minute interview down to a three minute extract, which you're about to hear on the topic of depicting herpes. So I'm Leah Fitzsimmons and I work at the University of Birmingham. I'm a researcher funded by Cancer Research UK. Uh, and I'm trying to answer the question, how does EBV, which is Epstein-Barr virus, contribute to cancer? So onto the virus, can you tell me what it is? Epstein-Barr virus, again, and so I'll just call it EBV from here on in, is a really interesting virus because basically everybody's got it by the time they're an adult. But it's in the herpes virus family, so we all kind of feel a bit uncomfortable. You know, when, when you hear the word herpes, you think of herpes simplex, but there's actually a whole family of these and they're interesting because we live with them. They, we, you get infected by them and they don't go away. And actually, for the most part, they don't do you any harm. So most people carry EBV for their whole lives and it doesn't cause them any problems. When you say most people have them, what's the kind of percentage? And does that mean I have it? Um, everybody has that. So it varies um, for the different viruses. EBV, about 90% of people have it by the time they're an adult in westernized kind of worldwide but in developing countries that's more that's 100 percent. and the last point that i wanted to ask about because obviously we're at the sheffield doc fest do you think that there's a good combination of art and science are there any is there any artistic output that you find that is scientific that is really interesting is there any scientific output that you find very artistic the thing that i most that's most caught my eye is there's a I can't remember who's got this this guy's last name but there's um an artist whose first name is Luke and what he does is he makes glass viruses he's an extremely talented um I don't know what you'd call somebody who works with glass um glass artist I suppose no there's a word yeah I've forgotten it like stained glass no like like blown glass but hand shaped and blown I don't know and all these different techniques I don't know very much about but he got expert into that and then was struck by how beautiful viruses look when when we can see them down the electron microscope and so he started making glass viruses and they're so utterly heartbreakingly beautiful and the the technique everything about it is so stunning that they're just gorgeous in their own right, but I think by interpreting these things that, that infect us, that we understand quite poorly, that can make us sick, that can kill us, in this utterly beautiful form and timeless form, really gets to what it is that's interesting about viruses from a biological perspective. So that the art and the science are perfect, uh, perfectly paired in that respect, and they give us, looking at one of those glass viruses I think gives me more understanding of what it is to be human what it is to be infected by viruses what it is to exist biologically than I can get out of a textbook and so if that does a fraction of that for other people who are interested in in those questions then it's so enormously valuable that's why I'm I'm so interested in the intersection so the the artist Luke I googled it afterwards um I did I did spring this interview on her a little bit uh, yeah, she, there was no reason for her to remember the exact name of this 
artist that I was asking her about. His name is Luke Jerram and I googled him and he does make these crazy globules of the herpes virus. And the word for the glass artist is a glass blower. <laughs> that is the word that neither of us could remember. Did either of you kind of have a reaction to this? Helena, for example, as a biologist, would you and someone who's drawn herpes, would you agree with her description? Oh, I would absolutely agree with her description. If anything, you it's the kind of feeling where I'm like, what? I, I thought I was the first person who had this idea. But it is. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing where down the microscope, there's so many tiny life forms that have, you know, are perfectly symmetrical and have so much detail that is kind of lost when you just say the word coleslaw. Coleslaw? Coleslaw <laughs> is what I meant there. Um, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's just about reframing how you look at these kind of things and... It's almost quite jarring to find yourself acknowledging that something that your instinct is to say that it's disgusting to see it as suddenly being really beautiful. And well, that's it. Like Leah is a is a cancer researcher, so and and that's something that destroys lives. And yet she's saying that this virus is really beautiful. And there's definitely, like you say, something jarring there for me. That's something something that sits a bit uncomfortably. But maybe it helps like demystify these things as well to like actually have a you know a concept of what they actually really look like when they're in your bodies. And also mm-hmm. maybe I don't know for herpes virus. Even she when she was talking about it seems that she was kind of like you know they're a bit shameful some of it and kind of destigmatize it maybe to say well that's actually what it is that's what it looks like those are things that are in, you know as she says like 90% of people mm. have herpes. herpes virus yeah and not and not the strand maybe that is cancerous as well I, yes. d- I don't know Helena so you've made these mugs we'll get onto them in a second but you're a designer an illustrator and a photographer and you founded this label Thefty where you make illustrated homework and stationery so how does that how did that come about? Like how did you get that off the ground? Well, firstly, Thefty comes from my surname, which is Marathefters. People seem to think it's something to do with a criminal record, which it has nothing to do with. <laughs> Good to know. Um, Don't steal Helena's designs. No, that that is true. It's it's a it's a warning to would be art thieves. Um, but I think for me it was. Um, I worked as an illustrator, I still work as an illustrator, lots of sort of freelance projects. But essentially, I really like items that have a sort of a dual use as being an aesthetic object, but also really useful. So I think that's why I was drawn to stationery and to homewares, because it's something you have around that can really add to your life. And I think it's really interesting to give it a different layer of meaning um, as well and stick in some science communication. Yeah, and on that point, so currently you have the retroviral range. You've got these mugs where you've got one, a herpes mug, mm-hmm. and you've got an HIV mug and a rabies mug. Yes. What are these mugs? Maybe, Emma, you just saw one for the first time, I think. So maybe yes, do you want to describe it? Yes, I just want to have a quick, um, fresh is eyes. that a little play on words, a retroviral? I, or, think, I mean, they also are retrovirus. Yes, but. I mean, so a retrovirus is a is a sort of a, a group of viruses, um, and HIV is one of the retroviruses but yeah it's absolutely a play on words because I think the patterns I've kind of put behind the illustrations have a kind of 70s curtains vibe so it's just playing on actual patterns and the science and mashing them up into something that's eye-catching I hope. I also like that it's kind of undercover educational like people don't realize but you're actually saying you know showing them some science facts. Yeah I mean it's not really meant to be I'm not trying to be like surprise you've had to learn science (laughs) I think it's more saying surprise actually this gross stuff is pretty cool or interesting I'm not trying to say that HIV is cool but I think there's a lot 
to learn beyond the sort of the shock value of it. So on the mug, on the herpes mug, for instance, it says that it's, it's got the magnification scale and it says that it's from the Greek word for creeping. Like it is an informative mug. And it's also got these beautiful designs uh, for herpes there in pink. On Thank them. you. You're welcome. I've just brought the mug out so I can have a nice look at it. And it's actually, it is incredibly beautiful. And I think we're going to hear from a recipient of one of those mugs. We will. Very soon, because, very soon. Yes, I ordered them and sent them via post, which is what, what you can do on uh, thefty.com. Dot org. Dot org. Ooh. Um, anyway, so how, how did how did this mug project come about? Um, I guess for me, because my uh, degrees in biology, I, this kind of subject matter doesn't seem too left field. It's things that as a student I kind of looked at, I saw in textbooks and, you know, just from a, a creative person's point of view, I suppose, I was always like, these things are, are cool to look at. So when I was thinking about what sort of homewares I want to make, it seemed kind of natural to use biological imagery. And viruses, like I said, with their symmetry and their sort of the geometric repetitive nature of their structure, they kind of were an obvious subject to me. I realised that's not most people's go-to subject matter for design. And I, yeah, I just, I just think they're beautiful. But I think I, I deliberately designed the mugs in a way that would make you look twice, because when you first see them, you're like, okay, there's a a nice pattern and then if you your eye catches on the the little panel on the side you go wait 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 what what am i looking at which mm. is interesting because i've gotten that reaction a lot when i'm selling them sort of face to face so people are like oh a nice pattern wait ra- rabies rabies i think that's the thing it's really nice to people are suddenly confronted with that contradiction of this is pretty this is gross and just I, I like I like the conversation starter that a mug can be, which I hope is what I've made. What kind of conversations have you had from it? I've had some pretty amusing conversations when I've been selling them in um, sort of markets or craft fairs where, you know, people are just browsing and there's things with owls on them and things with flowers on them. And they're kind of like, ooh, a pretty mug. And um, I remember actually at um, a Christmas fair in, in a a fairly well-to-do part of London, I realised I had become quite ageist in a way when older people, sort of elderly people, came to my stall. I kind of thought that they'd immediately be uh, sort of repulsed. But it was interesting, like, the sort of people who kind of engaged with it and thought it was cool and the sort of people who were kind of like, ooh, no. And, yeah, I think that was kind of eye-opening. Um, I'm hoping, because you've brought this mug, and I'm, I think I'm going to take it home, and sorry, Leo, but I've become quite attached to it. But I was also saying it's going to be good for me because at work, everyone seems to have their own mug, and I'm always kind of like scrabbling for one. And I feel like having a mug that has the word herpes on it, it might stop people from borrowing my mug, which um, is the aim for me. I'm not sure if that's a good aim for me, but, you know. Well, because it, it means everyone has to get their own one. This, thank you for, yeah, I like the way you think. <laughs> Why pink for herpes? So the mug is pink and you're different. So like I think HIV is blue. Is that right? Rabies is green. HIV is green and then rabies oh. is uh, sort of a yellowy green and a blue. Mm. I mean, to be honest, it's completely arbitrary. I was just I'm not thinking about connecting the different viruses to the color. But now that you point that out, herpes on a fleshy kind of pink. I don't know if there was some kind of subconscious connection there. Um, but I think I just approached the subject matter as I would if I was doing flowers um just trying not to make it too loaded um yeah so we we actually spoke to emma's mum who not only is a uh herpes researcher former herpes herpes researcher but also a recipient of the mug so emma spoke to earlier do you want to say anything about that before we play the interview i think that says enough really it's exciting it's my mom um yes she used to be a herpes researcher and 
she received one of these beautiful mugs and you'll hear her talking about that imminently. Hi, how oh did gosh. I get into this? <laughs> First, I think we should introduce you. Okay. So, obviously... Here we have Esther Grimfeld, as well as being my mother. She's also a former herpes researcher, is that accurate? Yes. Herpes simplex virus. Um, Herpes simplex, not for a very long time. Okay, what was your speciality, Esther? Varicella zoster virus, as you know, the virus that causes (laughs) chicken pox and shingles. Ah, but they're all kind of friend viruses, right? They're all in the same family. Wait, how is EBV related to what you researched? They're all herpes viruses that infect humans. I think there are Ah, five or six of them that infect humans. Okay, and your special one was vis-a-vis? Well, yes, more recently. I did work on on HSV, on human herpes virus 1, for some years as well. But that was, yeah, even longer ago. (laughs) My question for you is, why herpes or why... HSV, what's interesting about them? Oh, what's interesting about them? That's a good (laughs) question. All right. It's a good question. I suppose it's interesting because they are viruses which once you're infected, the virus stays dormant in your body for the rest of your life, basically, and is occasionally reactivated and, and, you know, causes disease, cold sores in the case of HSV-1 usually. So like for all people know, they might have these viruses and just never know about it? Because they're dormant. Is that yes, possible? I think about 90% of people do have, have these viruses lying dormant. And yeah, maybe sometimes they never get reactivated again. So obviously, herpes has a bit of a stigma. Do you feel like as a herpes worker, you were stigmatized in the virology community? No, I think it's probably amongst the public, it's, it's HSV2 that, that has the stigma because it's involved with the genitals. Um, so, I like the way you said that. <laughs> yep, go just on. like pause yeah. under the under the waist, below the waist area. Okay. So um, I think that probably has has a stigma attached to it. Probably not in the scientific community as much as in the general public. So no, I never felt like a, a second class herpy, a second class virologist or anything like that. No. That's good to know. I would have fought for your rights. <laughs> Thank you very much. I know you would have. Yes. <laughs> So I wanted to ask to you, what does herpes look like under the microscope? Well, it looks like the diagram. It looks like um, a sort of sphere with spikes poking out of it in three dimensions, you know. Would you say it's pretty? Yes, of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Why is it pretty? Also, what color is it? Or is it like dependent on the dye that you put on it? it, Yeah, it would be dependent. It would be, yeah, made colored, I think. So why do you say, of course, it's pretty? Well, it's interesting. It's symmetrical. It's, it's. I don't know. It's it's nice. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Does it ever feature in your dreams? No. Oh. No. I didn't really ever look at naked herpes viruses under the microscope anyway. Yeah, I, I usually was looking at cells which had been infected with herpes viruses. So. And are they pretty? No, not really. Oh, <laughs> truth comes out. And also, so obviously, like the creator or designer, I guess, of that mug is, is going to be featured on our show today. What did you think of the drawings on, of, the, of herpes on that mug? Wonderful. Were Artistic they... and accurate and, and beautiful. Ah, oh, excellent. Was it obvious to you that it was herpes? It actually, it actually wasn't immediately to tell the truth. I didn't sort of, I didn't really look at it. I, I just thought what a kind, kind thing to do to send me a mug because, I, you know, <laughs> I, had given, I had given Leo a mug as well, so I thought it was just... Mug you know, exchange. Yeah, mug exchange. <laughs> 
so it didn't it didn't immediately <laughs> click with me that that's that's what it was. I just thought it was an interesting and unusual design. So it goes to show how silly I am. Well, you wouldn't expect it on a mug. I think that's fair. No, I think that's that's true. What a great interview from Esther there. I thought maybe it was her third very appearance. Kind Michelle. words. Yeah. How did you feel? Any responses to that? <laughs> I always feel very under pressure when virologists look at my mugs because I'm like, please tell me they're accurate. So that's good to hear. What a relief. I thought it was, yeah. a, it was very lovely, especially when she said, under the waist. <laughs> <laughs> and it was nice to hear, yeah, a virologist's reaction to the accuracy of them as well, which is obviously something that I wouldn't be able to comment on, not being a biologist myself. I have to say that I, that I think the virologists probably see the diagram in its pure form. I think mm. it might be the first time that Esther's seen uh, sort of all these geometric patterns and colours layered over it to make it stylized. So... Maybe it was something different for her. Fresh look. Well, yeah, she didn't recognise it at first. Um, old friend in new clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you... Yeah, the herpes virus. Old friend in new clothes. Um, did you say earlier, somebody said that those mugs are um, available to, for sale in the Welcome Collection shop? Yes, they are. So... Um, they're in the Welcome Collection shop, which is very exciting because the Welcome Trust is a great thing. Um, they're also available online. And what's what's next for the mugs? Uh, I'm actually expanding the retroviral collection. There was a huge amount of requests for the Ebola virus during the Ebola crisis, but we are not making an Ebola mug. We're going for some, let's say, classics of the virus world. Which who is, who is seems requesting? a little bit in bad taste, doesn't it? But yeah. Then I guess there, I mean, why though? But it does seem. I, I think it's kind of a, a difficult issue because obviously, part of what I'm doing is trying to get people to see viruses um, as a virus rather than just a word and the effects on people. But yeah, it, it, it's kind of difficult because you don't want to feel like you're cashing in on mm. a, a global crisis. I think that that can be quite um, tricky. Also, frankly, the Ebola virus is not a very pretty virus. It, the truth comes out. It's yeah, just not good enough. Not it, pretty enough. Well, it's not that it's it doesn't have that symmetry that everyone's been banging on about in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> it kind of looks like a little worm, which, you know, it, it's it's maybe not my cup of tea. Oh, nice. Well done. <laughs> Very sneaky. Helen and I met through a university art club where when you were a biology undergraduate. So right from when I met you, you kind of had both streams there going on, art and biology. And then one summer I went to your parents' house in Greece and I went through, like, I think all of your IB sketchbooks. Like because 10 of them. It's really impressive work. I hope <laughs> that you still have them. Anyway, they were full of cell depictions. So you were doing you were doing that basically when you were 16, 17. You, yeah. were, you were depicting cells. So why, why did you choose biology to study and then art? Like, how, how did that choice get made? Um, well, I mean... How do most choices get made when you're a teenager? I suppose it's a bit of luck, a bit of judgment. I think, um, I don't know, I think I'm kind of, this is going to sound very corny, but I think in a lot of my work I'm motivated by finding what's beautiful and, you know, whether that's in nature or in man-made things in art is kind of the same. So what drew me to art is very similar to kind of what drew me to biology and I think... I think my reasoning as a teenager was, you know, if I want to go and be a scientist, I need a degree and I can always work on creative things on the side, whereas it's a little bit more difficult to, say, go into research, um, science research with an arts degree. That was the logic. But mm. I think ultimately I found that my place wasn't in the lab or the field. It was in my studio, finding that little overlap between the creative and the scientific. 
So, but you also do stationary as well, which is unrelated to the biology stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I don't just draw viruses. So I do I do all sorts of commissions. I, I work for a stationary design company, but I think I launched Thefty to kind of be able to go into these slightly more niche things that are totally self-initiated, what I find interesting and hopefully other people like as well. How do you feel about the cuddly toy viruses that you can purchase? I think they're great. I think they're great. I, whenever I go to the Welcome Collection shop, I, I just can't help myself. And they're not even viruses. There's red blood cells. There's neurons. You know, they've. I'm a big fan. I give them a thumbs up. But you can't drink tea out of those. So, you know. What would you choose, listeners? What would you choose? <laughs> Do you put, because obviously you're focusing on the kind of like microscopic level of the viruses. Do you look at the history or the discovery of the viruses? Not so much their discovery necessarily although for example say the Ebola virus has a fairly recent uh, known history in humans so that's interesting but I'm definitely interested in the kind of the stories of how they're named of also you know things like smallpox and the story of how that was eradicated through vaccination all of that history is super interesting Mm. Um, and so I try and pick a little nugget of trivia to include on each mug which is always really hard because you just want to write an essay there's not enough room have you thought about writing inside the mug because there's a lot of space in there that that is a good shout and it will make people drink their tea faster as well which is is, that i'm not sure that's a good thing (laughs) ruining people's tea breaks one essay mug at a time yeah no i hadn't thought of that i have to say are there any other projects that you're working on at the moment that you want to mention before we start saying goodbye or just um tell us again what your website and your i don't know instagram do you have those kind of things are you in one so thefty if you search for thefty anywhere you will you will find us um and it's thefty.org and so there's the retroviral collection there which will be growing uh, at the end of this year and then hoping to make a new collection as well uh, sort of natural history inspired but not necessarily about infectious disease Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. And also thanks to Leah and to Esther for uh, agreeing to be interviewed. Uh, You've been listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. Please follow us on Twitter at VLW Radio. Like us on Facebook. Do you want to also say your Twitter, Helena? Uh, I believe it's at Thefty. There you go. Um, Uh, So you could also follow Helena once you've followed us or interchangeably whichever order you like and thanks for listening next this song we're going to play is virus by bjork thanks bye thank you thanks Elena.